Hi, and welcome to the iPhone Life podcast. I'm Donna Schill, Editor-in-Chief at iPhone Life. And I'm David Auerbach, CEO and Publisher. Each episode, we bring to you the best apps, top tips, and great gear in the iOS world. And today, we're here to talk about the iPhone 14 lineup and help you decide if it's worth upgrading, and if so, which one you should buy. So it's going to be a fun discussion. Yes, and I have big opinions, as always. <laughs> I know. I'm curious what they are. We decided just to hash it out on air, so it'll be a fun episode. <laughs> Keep it fresh. <laughs> we have some sponsors for this episode, so David's going to tell you about them. Yeah. So we have two sponsors today. The first one is Zugu. I'm excited to tell you about them because I don't think we've talked about them yet. And they have iPad cases. And they, have a, they do a number of things that I think are really excellent. They're one of those brands where we go out of our way to find them as a sponsor because we love their products. So for years on the podcast, I've talked about how folio cases are my favorite style of podcast or podcast cases. <laughs> okay. How folio style are my favorite type of iPad cases. And the reason being that so many times you use your iPad while you're reclining, either like in a chair or in bed, and it just holds it at the right angle. And it's a device for leisure. It's a device for leisure, <laughs> and you need a case for leisure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That should be their slogan yeah. if they don't have that. Um, and there, this one in particular is a folio style, by the way, is a case that uh, you can angle the, the screen facing a little bit upward as opposed to downward. And this folio style case allows you to have a lot of control over what the angle of the display is. So not only if you're using it for leisure, but also if you're at a desk or something like that, Holds at the right angle. It's the right level of protection. It has a space for the uh, for the pencil and um, essential essential great colors. And you're gonna like this feature. It's magnetic, so you can put it on your fridge. Oh, you, I thought you were gonna say that it is. Um, they have a new color, which oh. is what I'm excited about. They have this like kind of army green, which is my favorite green. That yeah, I'm really excited about. But no, the um, I have a kitchen iPad. That's and why I, have, I brought it up. I I. Like I have it as my smart home hub and it would be really great just to have it attached to the refrigerator. That was my thinking. Yeah, I should give it a try. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and I'm a big fan of the mustard yellow. Not gonna lie. Oh, nice. <laughs> so that's Zugu, Z-U-G-U. -U. That's our first sponsor. Our second sponsor, you all have heard me talk about before, but uh, it's OWC. Uh, and I always feel sheepish because whenever we're doing, this happened actually last week, we were teaching a class and somebody was asking me for recommendations for Apple accessories. And I always end up recommending OWC, but then I feel sheepish because they're advertisers. But it just, I'm bringing this up because of pointing out that I really love their products and I recommend them even when I'm not being paid to do so. This of <laughs> course is a sponsored spot, uh, but I'm gonna tell you about their product, which is the OWC uh, Thunderbolt Hub. And the reason why I always recommend their products, both their hubs and also I love their solid state drives, is because A, they are obsessive about engineering. They really think through all the details that for these types of products are, it's hard to vet if they've thought through the details at a time. And I just trust OWC to do that. Um, and so they have, especially for Macs where there can be compatibility issues, uh, they always make sure there's great compatibility for Macs. They also always have great construction. So the, they're, um, they use aluminum, it looks and matches your, your MacBook or your MacBook Pro or your iMac. The Hub is a really good solution for anybody who has an iPad or not an iPad. Well, it works for iPad Air, but also a MacBook Air because the MacBook Airs have just a USB-C drive. And what the Hub does is it allows you to A, 
have multiple USB-C drives, you have multiple things to connect, and B, you can find some of their hubs that have other accessories like an SD slot or an Ethernet cable, things like that. So make sure you check them out at uh, OWC.com. So next, I want to start telling you all about iOS 16 tips. We've officially made the transition to iOS 16. Probably most of you at home have updated your iPhone. And so that means we're now sending out daily tips with how to use iOS 16 tips. Um, so that just leads me into telling you about our daily tip newsletter. For those of you who don't know, we feature tips every podcast that's from this newsletter because our editorial team is writing tips that go out every single day of the year. <laughs> and we want to share the best of them with you. Um, if you go to iphonelife.com slash daily tips, you can sign up for this. It's a really easy way to master your iPhone in under a minute a day. We just give you a cool little tidbit. You can read it while you're drinking coffee in the morning and then go out and be cooler than all your friends because you know something <laughs> that they didn't know about your iPhone. So check out iphonelife.com slash daily tips. So today I want to share uh, a really useful iOS 16 tip. A lot of my friends have updated and they don't really know how to customize their lock screen yet. This is a tip that will help you. Something that's more obvious is setting your photo for your lock screen. Like there's a lot of tips we're going to have for how to customize it just how you want it. But something that's a little hard, like you need to know it's there in order to make use of it is the widgets on your lock screen. Yeah. And it's not that obvious how to do it. So I wanted to share the tip for today. Uh, so if you have updated to iOS 16, when you wake up your phone, that's the lock screen. You haven't gone swiped up to go to your home screen yet. And if you press and hold on that lock screen, you'll have an option to edit your home screen. So you tap edit and then you'll see... Uh, the option to customize at the bottom of your display. Let me just make sure I'm getting the steps right here for you. So yeah, when you wake up your phone, you get to the lock screen. Another way if your phone's already awake is just to swipe down from the center of your display. That gets you to your lock screen too. So that's a good thing to know. Um, select a lock screen you wanna add. So you have to first choose your photo or astronomy background or whatever it is you wanna use. Tap customize. And then um, this is where it's not that obvious to people. You'll see the different slots on your phone, like where you have the time and then you have the date above it. And there's like these little gray lines around that. And those are your widget spots. So those are places you can customize like the date at the top. If you tap that, you'll always need to include the date there, but you can also add other things like a little weather forecast or there are a few other options. And then below the time, there are two slots that you can choose and there's a lot more widgets you can choose from. I know that third parties are going to be adding a lot more widget options in the coming months, but now you still can do some pretty cool things like you can see your reminders or you can see a weather forecast, um, calendar reminders. And then there are a few third party apps I'm going to get into in this okay. episode that are really nice ones for your lock screen. Oh, you can also set your home app that there for if you have like smart home products. So when you tap on that, you're going to see a scrolling list of your widgets and you can select them. Right now, there's like a max of three widgets you can put on your mm -hmm. home screen. It's those two slots below and the one above. I'm kind of hoping they'll give more options over time. But I don't know with Apple what they'll do. I think this would be a fun question of the week. What yeah. widgets do you all have on your home screen? I want some inspiration because I'm really into changing them out. You also can have more <laughs> than one lock screen. Yeah. So I've been setting up different lock screens and like testing out different widgets on different ones. Okay. And I'll, we can answer our question of the week. What is yeah. your current preferred widget configuration so well this will be a spoiler for later in the episode oh, but shoot. i'll 
do it anyway. One is I am. It's an affirmations app. So it like changes out an affirmation on the hour, I think. And so you can customize it to um, messages that you're going for, like whether you're trying to ha- uh, promote a positive outlook or self-esteem and uh, it'll have these nice kind of encouraging quotes, which oh, is nice. a nice little thing to like see on your lock screen. Yeah, totally. Um, and then the other one is weather, which is boring, but it is really nice to see um, chance of rain. Like I like to have that one yeah. on my home screen. No, I mean you? the the weather's it's not yeah. exciting, but it's I think the best one. Yeah. So I have the weather as well. I'm just opening up to look. I have the weather, and I have like the detailed weather view, which shows me the temperature, the like it says sunny, so whether it's sunny or going to mm-hmm. rain. And then it says, tells me the high and the low. And what I like about it is it actually like adjusts throughout the day. So if there's a chance of rain, it'll tell me like the percent chance of rain in like in the next hour, how much time. it's going to rain. Nice. So it, it adjusts based on that, which I like. And I like it too, because so many times I just want to see the weather. And before I'd have to open up, this is why lock screen widgets are great. Before you'd have to open up your phone and navigate to the weather app. And now you can just glance at your phone. Yeah. Uh, I also have the activities tracker so it's the same thing i have on my apple watch where it tells me because i have an apple watch it'll tell me you know whether i've closed my rings whether i've walked enough whether i've stood up enough that sort of thing and the final thing is i have battery and the battery is nice too because it's adaptive too which Mm -hmm. means it'll tell me my phone but like obviously i can see my phone up there in the top right corner so it also tells me my airpods my apple watch my ipad any device that i happen to be using if i glance at this it'll tell me so right now it's warning me that my apple watch is not fully charged so if you put your AirPods in, that widget would switch to show your AirPods battery? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool. Maybe I should try out the battery one. Oh, I think I actually am wrong, by the way. If you choose smaller widgets, like the one on your home screen, you can put more below. Really? Like it looks like you have three widgets below. I um, have three, yeah. But I was saying, like, including that top slot, that's oh. the time, that's the date that you only, there's only three spots, but actually there's more if you're willing to do smaller widgets. Yeah, you can do up to three on the bottom plus one on the top. I did not do one on the top. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, it's I nice could. to just see the classic like yeah. date, um, day um, of the week and, and date. Sometimes what I will do on my other lock screens is I will have, if I don't have the weather on the bottom row, I can put it on the top row, but it's less details. So I like the details on the bottom row. Yeah, okay. Cool. I want to try the battery one based on your recommendation. Also, like with my Apple Watch, I like seeing my activity rings and it might be nice to have that on my iPhone home screen. There is a little bit of redundancy for me because of complications on your Apple Watch and the widgets on your lock screen has yeah. to have a similar feel to me. So I end up having them on both spots. Mm-hmm. Like I have both my rings and the weather on my wrist and here. So I don't quite know. I, I haven't yeah. quite figured out how much I want to have the same widgets on my Apple Watch and my phone versus different ones, but that's what I got. So yeah. send us an email, podcast at iphonelife.com, and let us know what widgets you have on your lock screen. Uh, and one last sort of sort of tip that I would say is check back in on these widgets regularly over the next month or so, because a lot of third-party apps will, will be adding them that do not currently have them. So that's a kind of nice way. This is the way widgets worked when they came on the home screen is that they often took a couple months before apps had widgets. But sometimes if you use a third-party app regularly, it's nice to have. So if you have a third-party app that you think would be a nice widget, check back regularly. And also make sure to update all your apps if you've updated to iOS 16 because a lot of them are like in the process of being 
you know, building out compatibility and functionality with iOS 16. So they'll probably run better if you update your apps. Yes, that is true. Um, <clears throat> last thing is I just, I think that people who have Apple watches have a leg up with iOS 16 because what I just described to you with customizing your lock screen is, is the design is the same as what's on the Apple watch. Yeah. Like switching out watch faces. So, um, that's kind of like a little leg up you have if you are an Apple Watch user. <laughs> a leg up just in the sense that you're used to the interface, but it's yeah. a pretty intuitive interface. So I think I think everyone will be okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, moving on. I want to tell you about our premium subscription, which is called iPhone Life Insider. We have over 13,000 members who enjoy our live courses. We have in-depth guides. You get a digital subscription to iPhone Life magazine. You get uh, personal access to our team and can ask us your questions and get answers to tech issues you're having. Um, and you also get an ad-free version of this podcast. So you get to enjoy this without any, any sales pitches. And also you get premium content from David and me. We mm -hmm. have um, an extra segment at the end for insiders only. And right now we're teaching our iOS 16 course, which is our most popular course of the year. So you get to join live sessions with our senior instructor, senior instructor Cullen, and also myself. And we each week we focus on a new thing. So we go really deep on the lock screen and all the different customizations, including um, <clears throat> focus modes that you can tie to your lock screens. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of complexity that you can add to this functionality to make it really an amazing, powerful feature. But it takes a little time to set up, and we help you do that. Um, and it's over four weeks where we focus on different cool iOS 16 features every week. We also have a huge in-depth guide. It's over 170 pages and we have videos that accompany it too. So now's the time to master iOS 16 with us. We make it really easy and you can learn the way that you want to learn. So you can go to iphonelife.com slash podcast discount right now for 30% off your subscription and if you're a senior service personnel or veteran, you get an extra 10% off uh, for a total of 40% off your subscription. So it's an awesome deal. Yeah. Now is the best time of the year. Yes. Um, we have an insider question that we wanted to share with all of you. Um, it's actually more of an insider tip off, which I'm really <laughs> happy to share with all of you because a lot of people have been asking us, like, should I upgrade to iOS 16? Is it a safe thing to do? And depending on the device that you have, our, our advice is usually do it. You can upgrade to iOS 16 if you have an iPhone 8 or later, but um, usually we'll say like if you have one that's within the last three years, at least it's a no brainer. If you have an older one, it might slow down your iPhone or hurt the battery a little bit. But even then, usually our advice is like you want all the new features and there's more security updates. Like there's a lot of up a lot of upsides to going along with Apple's software updates. Yeah. And I mean, in general, because of security updates over time, you definitely need to do it. Yeah. We often recommend waiting a week or two to see if there's bugs. I actually did do device, some especially. research, uh, and there are, isn't a lot of news out there about iOS 16 bugs. So in general, my recommendation for everyone who was going to be to update, mm -hmm. uh, because I think it's worth it for the new features, and I have not read, I've read almost nothing about bugs, and I, I did some research. But there's yeah. a caveat. So it's really nice hearing from our listeners because it helps remind us, uh, like, depending on your situation, it might be different for you. And um, this user used iPhone, uses iPhone connected hearing aids. This was, or I don't have the name up here, but, um, and they were saying I, I was wearing, I wear hearing aids that are controlled by a Signia app on my iPhone. I got this message from a hearing aid provider for two different brands of hearing aids. 
Um, so I guess their hearing aid still continued to work, but that there are two hearing aid brands that were sending out notices that said that um, currently they're working to update their software to be compatible with the new iOS. Please do not upgrade your iPhone to iOS 16 at this time. The companies they, meant he, they mentioned were Resound and Starkey. So um, just wanted to kind of give a PSA. If you have a medical device that you're relying on that's connected to your iPhone, make sure that that will continue to work with iOS 16 before you go ahead and do the update. I'm really glad this, this uh, yeah. insider wrote into us to let us know because I think that's, uh, you know, there are more and more products that people are relying on, but there are a lot of medical devices that are really useful now that connect to your iPhone. So it's kind of becoming even more essential than it already was. Yeah, and I do think that, um, I mean, it's a very good warning and definitely hearing aids are so essential that, as great as iOS 16 is, you probably want to hold off. Yeah. But it feels pretty, I mean, I'm going to venture into an area I don't know a lot about because I don't <laughs> know a lot about health, uh, the health accessories, but it feels pretty inexcusable if you have an essential product that is that needs to work with your iPhone, you need to be ready. We all knew iOS 16 was coming. We all had the beta. So I don't know. Um, again, I'm, I'm, there's probably reasons that I'm missing, but it seems like... Definitely don't update, but also send them an angry email. <laughs> yeah. So thank you uh, to this insider for giving us a heads up. Before we get into this debate of what iPhone you should upgrade to and whether you should at all, we have some comments from listeners and it's kind of like a warm up for this debate yeah. because uh, this was a fun one. We had someone asking for our advice, which we encourage more of if you have a question that you want to answer too, as opposed to just answering one of our questions from the episode, like please send them in. It's fun for us to get to hash it out on air. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so an insider named John wrote in, really enjoying iPhone life. Thanks for Thank doing you, all you do. Thanks for being an insider, John. I'm debating about whether to replace my iPhone 11 Pro with an iPhone 14 or an Apple Watch. The only real advantage to replacing the phone, in my opinion, is the availability of 5G and the fact that it's two years old and probably has a five-year lifespan. The watch is attractive to me from a convenience standpoint, and I'm interested in the various health functions as I've suddenly become 76 years young. Mm -hmm. Don't like monthly payments and can't afford one and can afford only one of the above right now. What do you think? I'm leaning towards the watch. Keep up the good work. Best regards, John. Okay, so first of all, talking about the 5G capabilities, that's referring 5G was not a new feature this year, but it's come out since his iPhone 11 Pro came out. So that would be something he would getting he would be getting by upgrading to the mm -hmm. iPhone 14. Um, it wasn't totally clear to me in, from this email whether John's considering the Apple Watch Ultra or the Apple Watch Series 8. Also, I, just to clarify, does he have an iPhone 11 Pro or an iPhone 11? Pro. I miss. Okay. Yeah. Just looking up the specs here. So um, I'm thinking he's talking about the Series 8 because he's saying don't like monthly payments. And the um, Apple Watch Ultra only comes with a cellular option. So... John would be paying monthly payments for the Apple Watch. Mm. So that would add an extra monthly payment on top of the phone. So um, if John's considering between the Apple Watch Series 8 and the iPhone 14, what do you think, David? It's such a tricky one because you kind of need to know his use case a little bit more. I mean, the, they both are great. So yeah. it's hard. I'm looking at the iPhone 11 Pro, and this will be a precursor to... One of the things we talk about, which is the importance of your processor, because it's one of those things that it's not it's a little technical. So Apple doesn't 
hype it up very much or it's hard to quite understand. But the iPhone 11 Pro has a has a A13 chip. We're on to either an A15 or an A16 chip. And that just makes everything run so much better. Yeah. And so I, I think that I understand that he's looking at the 5G, which also is really nice if you live in an area that has 5G. But I don't want to sleep on the processor power because that makes a big difference, especially with the newer operating systems. What do you think? Yeah, the processing power is the most standout feature because he had the Pro, he had an OLED display. Because mm -hmm. I actually wanted to issue a correction from a previous episode where we said that this was the first year that all of the iPhone line has an OLED display. That's actually not true. From the iPhone 12 on, the whole line has had an OLED display. But with iPhone 11, if he didn't have the Pro, I would say like upgrade to get the OLED display. But he already has that. He already has the triple camera yeah, system because the 11 Pro had that. Was he planning on getting the iPhone 14 Pro? I didn't say. Okay, so I mean, we'll get into this in a minute. But the other, one of the major things with the iPhone... 14 Pro is the it, yes it's a triple camera but it's their camera this year is like really powerful it's a 48 megapixel camera instead of a 12 megapixel camera so it is a nicer camera of course we have the dynamic island which we'll get into um so it, it would be a large upgrade like 11 was a while ago it would be a large upgrade I think I've come to an opinion. Okay, let's hear it. I think that, John, that you should get the Series 8 Apple Watch. You should hang on for another year to your 11 Pro and see what Apple comes out with next year because there's also been rumors of like a bigger redesign next year and yeah. more upgrades. This year was, um, I would say, by and large, uh, incremental upgrades. It's, I mean, the 48 megapixel camera... <clears throat> is pretty amazing it's a big jump but um the iphone camera was already really excellent i the reviews i've been reading online about it i don't have my new one yet to have hands-on testing has been that it was that alone wasn't worth the upgrade um with the 11 pro your phone is going to run ios 16 well i think and so you're already going to feel like you have a new phone because you're going to have a lot of new features <laughs> and especially since you're an insider you're going to learn how to take advantage of all of them with us um, and the things you mentioned that you wanted to take advantage of the health features with the Apple Watch Series 8, I think that um, that's pretty compelling. And that's a, a big area that you sounds like you haven't explored yet. And so I think go for that. You know, you're making a really good case. It's funny, though. <laughs> I was going to come down on the other side. Really? Yeah. The, the, I mean, the processing power was a good point. Yeah, I will say, OK. It's a little bit depressing looking at the iPhone 11 Pro, which was so many years ago, and comparing it to the 14 Pro and feeling like there isn't much of a difference. Like it, yeah. It's like Apple clearly has had a lot of incremental updates lately and has not revolutionized the phone in a while. Yeah. Um, so I, I get that point. And it doesn't sound like John is disliking his phone. It doesn't sound like he's complaining about battery life would be a major factor. It doesn't sound like he's complaining about that. So you might be right. My only counterpoint, though, I guess before I say my counterpoint to one more point in your favor, uh -huh. everyone I talk to who buys an Apple Watch is surprised by how much they love it. Yeah. It's one of those devices which it's hard to explain to people why it's great. Uh, it's like, OK, it's a. Uh, on your you get your notifications on your wrist instead of your phone who cares turns out it's great <laughs> and activity tracking turns out to be way more fun and useful than i thought so i get all that um the, the counter though is that iphones are so essential to our lives right now yeah and as much as i love the apple watch it's less essential you can definitely get by without it so it's i was sort of gonna say invest in the product you're gonna use the most 
Mm-hmm. But the if you don't mind your phone now and your the next year's probably gonna be a bigger update argument is pretty pretty sound. I think that if John had the iPhone 11, yes. I would be giving different advice. But the 11 Pro is still a really good phone. I agree. So that's I think that's where my opinion comes in. Also, from what I'm gathering from the email. I don't think John currently has an Apple Watch. And so that yeah. makes me think like, do it. Because the health functions are really amazing. I mean, one thing that's like a little cheesy in Apple announcements, but I think true because I've heard a lot of personal stories from insiders and people in their life where their Apple Watch actually like saved them in tough situations or detected a heart, you know, heart arrhythmia or oh, yeah. like there's a lot of amazing health functions for that. And I can say firsthand that the Apple Watch has really encourages me to move more. So like just for living a healthier lifestyle, I no, think it's totally. pretty amazing. Okay. So I think we need to move on. Um, we have another insider question that I want. Or, okay. Let's get to yeah, it. I want that. I want to share. I'm debating about whether to replace my, oh, psh, reading the same one. Marianne Roden, who's a longtime podcast listener. Hey, Marianne. <laughs> I'm considering the new 14 or 14 Pro because I have the 10s Max right now. I'm wondering if Apple is holding back on some great features for the next one, though. I'm considering the Series 8. I have an old Fitbit. I need to either get the newest Fitbit or the Apple Watch. I've learned great health insights with Fitbit, sleep and daily metrics tracking. I also use the exercise tracking. I don't know anyone who uses Apple Watch for these. Is the Apple Watch easy to use? Is it returnable if I don't like it? Blessings to you both, Marianne. (laughs) So this is another one where we're getting asked for advice. I'm so surprised that no one you know uses the Apple Watch Health features because Apple Watch is awesome for all of those things. Yeah. So is Fitbit, but like nothing against the Fitbit, but having the integration with your iPhone is really nice. That's what I was going to say. They both have good health tracking. Uh, Apple is great. So I, you definitely, you're not going to be unhappy with their health tracking, but the major difference is the integrations. All the little things you can do with an Apple Watch you can't do with a Fitbit. For example, you can make your, if you can't find your phone, you can ping it with your Apple Watch or you can use Siri with your Apple Watch. Uh, you can send text messages from your Apple watch, all these things. And some of those Fitbit might be able to do, I don't think so, but like all of those things have such a richer integration and are so easy because it's an Apple product and the softwares work together so well. So I definitely recommend that's the first half. We're both like team Apple watch. Clearly. (laughs) Um, you know, I do want to make one point though, because the second half of the question is the, what happens with the iPhone 15 and is it going to be so great that you should wait. One point that I've been making a lot in-house, and I don't think I have actually emphasized enough on the podcast, is the resale value of an iPhone. Mm. iPhones keep their value for a long time. Yeah, if you take care of it decently well. So, I mean, obviously, budget is different for each person. And so you don't, like, I don't want to underemphasize money spent. Like, if you don't want to spend the money, don't spend the money. But... When you're thinking about buying a phone this year and buying a phone next year, everybody thinks about it as being $1,100, $1,200 each year. But in reality, you can resell, you can trade your phone in for often seven, $800. So the difference, because I just did this, Me too. ends up being three or $400. And so that, while is not nothing, is a very different economic air level. $300 and you can get this phone this year and the phone next year, probably closer to 400. Um, but I just want to point that out because I don't think people think about a new phone as costing $400. They think about it as costing $1,200. But if you, if you trade in, you have to think about the resale value. And the nice thing is Apple's products keep their value. 
Yeah, no, that's such a good point. Like I was shocked. I just did used um, one of Verizon's deals they're doing right now and I'm trading in my 13 for $800. Yeah. So I, I paid under 400 for the new 14 Pro. Yeah, and I I should have gone with Verizon. So it's another bonus tip. Check with your carriers. Yeah, they often have more site. aggressive. I did not shop it around. I should have because I got $725. So I lost like $75 just by being lazy. <laughs> it's not too bad. It wasn't the worst. But yeah. But yeah. yeah. Um, so just one thing to Marianne's question, we just wrote an article on returning Apple products. So that's okay. the last thing I wanted to tell her. You have 14 days from the time that you uh, get your product and it needs to be undamaged and you can still return it either going to a store or through Apple's website. So, um, you know, that's a good point. Like, I still think I wouldn't buy it planning on returning it, but <laughs> I think it's it's good to know you can yeah. if you use it for like a week and then decide you it's not for you. So that's always an option too. Uh, but anyway, thanks so much for writing in, Marianne. We're going to go ahead and get now into our main theme, which iPhone. Yes. If any, should you buy? Okay, what's your answer, Donna? <laughs> um, so, I mean, it kind of was the spoiler with John that I think if you're talking about having an, like a base level iPhone 11 or older, overwhelmingly, I'd say it's probably time to get a new phone. Um, yeah, definitely if you have an older device. I mean, this is sort of what we're saying. I think... He said five years for an iPhone, but he John must have more patience with iPhones than I have. Yeah. Uh, first of all, battery life is a really important thing to check. So he, John's phone did not appear to be having battery life issues. But in my experiences, after a couple of years, my battery th starts to degrade, and that's an important reason to upgrade. Second of all, the point I already made, processors. So mm -hmm. these new operating systems get better and better in part because they take advantage of better and better processors. And the trade-off there is that if you have an older phone, you have an older processor, and the new operating systems will run a little slower and drain a little more battery. Now, Apple's been better about that in recent years, so you're probably okay. But I agree, I think 11 is a, a safe cutoff. 11 or older, and I think you probably should be upgrading. Um, and I think let's add a, a caveat to all of these, which is if you can afford it. Like we don't, yeah. I don't want to say this every single time. Obviously the biggest factor is going to be like, do you have the money and how much do you care? But we're going to try to give you advice just based on comparing the specs and comparing use cases. Yeah. More kind of like what seems worth it to us. Uh, and we can't know everyone's specific, you know, yeah. financial situations, <laughs> but um, maybe a good thing to do would be to start with talking about the 14 lineup and comparing con contrasting a little bit. That's a good, um, that's a good idea. And then from there kind of share which device is best for what kind of person. So we have the iPhone 14, 14 Plus, 14 Pro, and 14 Pro Max. <laughs> um, the iPhone, the really notable thing with this is that the iPhone 14 Plus replaces the iPhone mini that we've had in the past few years. Um, the mini didn't really have good sales, and so uh, Apple has discontinued the mini line, and instead they have a base model iPhone now that has the phablet size display at 6.7 inches. So it's the same size display that you'll get with the iPhone 14 Pro Max. Um, so basically we have like two standard size phones and two big ones. And there's the base level and the pro level for both of those. Yes. So the two, yeah, the two variables are pro, not pro, and then size of the display. Yes. Good way of breaking <laughs> it down. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so differentiating them really the processor is a big one like mm -hmm. david said this time the base model level phones have last year's processor the a15 chip and only if you get a pro phone do you get the 
um, A16 chip. And I, I have been reading, people are starting to get hands-on reviews, and I have been reading that it matters, that really? the A16 chip is really blowing the A15 chip out of the water. So the thing with the processors is like usually, I mean, obviously the speed of the phone is the biggest thing, but that it also will run more efficiently. So it's better for battery. Yeah. But the thing that's weird about this line is that Apple's saying that the iPhone 14 plus has the best battery of any iPhone ever. That, wait, press the page. plus is better battery than the pro. Let me look. I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna... I know. I, but then I, I went and looked at the comparison charts too. And it's like by one hour in, a, in you know, of, I think it was the video playback or something. That it was was a little better than the Interesting. Pro Max. So that's kind of like a weird wrinkle because usually I'd say get the get the um, better processor because it'll also help your battery life. But it seems like the iPhone 14 Plus is doing pretty great on well, battery. Well, so I'm I'm looking here, and again, I don't know what metric you're looking at. There's different ways to look at, it, but for, in uh -huh. terms of the metric they're using on their chart here, and just as a side note, if if you want to follow along at home slash when you're trying to make this decision. I always recommend going on Apple's website to their compare section. Yeah, it's the best and it's really, that's the, like the only place you can kind of see a side by side. And I really like it. So they're saying iPhone 14 Plus has 26 hours of video playback. iPhone 14 Pro Max has 29 hours of playback. And the video playback streamed is also better for the Pro Max. The only one that the Plus beats on is audio playback at oh. 100. And the audio playback of the Pro Max is at 95. I do um, want to contrast, so that's interesting. I do yeah. want to contrast so the iPhone 14 at 20 hours of video playback. So the that gives you the range. The 14 is at 20 hours. The 14 Pro Max, so that's like the lowest battery in the new line and the highest battery in the new line, is 29 hours. So it, the size of the display when you're trying to decide also impacts the battery by a lot, is the mm -hmm. point I'm making. Right. Okay, so I think like where we're coming down on that is the Pro Max still has a better battery. For the most part, yeah, like but the, probably marginally so, it sounds like, and it depends on how you're using your phone, maybe. It's hard yeah. for me to really know, but that sounds like what we're saying. Uh, but the 14 Plus still is pretty impressive that way. Um, so the processors is, is, a, is a big one, and that's good to hear that early reviews are saying that the 14 Pro and Pro Max like are noticeably better because of that. Um, all of the devices have the OLED display. All of them now have crash detection and uh, was it action mode? Crash detection detects if you're in a car crash and calls emergency services. So that's a nice yeah. safety feature to have. Um, they all have emergency SOS, which is a new feature mm -hmm. where you can point your iPhone if you're in an area with no cell connection, connect to a satellite and um, or reach, reach emergency services if you're in a remote area. Um, and that's free for the first two years for people who get a new phone. So those are a lot of the across the board ones. Action mode is a video stabilization technology that makes it so you like don't need a gimbal to get like action video. That's a cool thing. I wouldn't say it's like an everyday feature that everyone needs. That's one where, I mean, again, I'm going to make sweeping statements for all this and you guys can email me and tell me that I didn't <laughs> factor in the, your particular lifestyle and I'm sorry, but... I would not recommend upgrading for that feature. Like, it, yeah. I, I barely use cinematic mode. I'll probably barely use this. Unless you're somebody who has a very specific use case, it's a nice to have, and eventually you'll get a phone unit that has it, but it's not, like, an upgrade-worthy feature, in my opinion. Agreed. Um, all, of the, all of the phones have a better camera. It just depends how much better you want. The 14 and 14 Plus uh, are... They have the action mode, like we talked about, but they also have better low-light options like they let in more lay i can't remember the exact specs on that but 
Um, it sounds like you are going to notice some improvements in low light photography there, but you have to get the pro or the pro max if you want the new 48 megapixel camera, which is even better at getting low light photography and tons of detail in your shots. Yeah. I mean, their new camera is really impressive. 48 megapixels, huge leap from 12 megapixels. And it sounds like they did in an intelligent way that will truly get better photos. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I like about it with that 48 megapixel is it gives you an option for, it gives you an extra option for zooms. Cause right now, if you have a pro, you go from a 1x zoom, you have a 0.5 zoom, a 1x zoom, and a 3x zoom. Often I find that 3x zoom is too much, uh -huh. and a 1x zoom is not enough. So now you have that middle step of a 2x zoom. So you, it, And I, I do think that cameras are a really important feature to consider. If you're somebody who takes a lot of photos, and I'm not talking about a professional photographer, if you're around your friends and your family, you want to capture those moments, it's really nice to have a nice camera. When I look back at photos of friends and family, and when I look at my nephews growing up, and I look at the photos I took with my iPhone 10, my iPhone 11, they're kind of blurry. They're not as nice as the photos I'm taking now, and it's really nice to capture those. So it is something that I think people probably don't appreciate enough, in my yeah. opinion. I mean, to the point that our, um, on our video team, sometimes they'll shoot their studio shots or like them on camera out doing things using their iPhone. And sometimes you can't even tell the difference between the DSLR and that. Yes. Thanks to portrait mode and um, you know, just a lot of the different upgrades we've seen in recent years. So I do agree that the camera is a big factor. Um, so we pretty much talked about all the differences between the devices, except for we haven't talked one. about some of the big pro ones. Yeah. The always on display and the dyna dynamic islands. Yes. So let's talk about that. Okay. <laughs> so first, let's just define what they are. Always on display. The name is pretty self-explanatory. They have a special technology that allows your display to be on even when your phone is not being used without draining your battery. Uh, it's a controversial feature, at least for our company. Some people like me tend to have my phone face down so I'm not distracted. And so I probably will not use this feature very much. I don't care about it. Hal, who is the founder, uh, said he was really excited about it. Yeah, I'm not super excited about it. I'm smirking because to me, the feature that made me the most excited is the dynamic island. Yeah, I mean, I, and I don't think you're wrong. I think for yeah. everybody, that is, the, that is the really cool, exciting feature. Yeah, uh, really? I think so. Okay, yeah, so, but that was one that I didn't see rumored as much. We did hear that we were going to get rid of the notch, but not that it was going to be this kind of like merge between software and hardware that was going to be cool. Yeah, well, those um, are, the software rumors are harder because Apple can, can actually keep a secret. <laughs> oh, yeah, so the dynamic island is Apple's workaround for the notch. So the notch, you know, has been that cutout at the top of your display forever. That is the only thing holding it back from being an edge to edge display fully. Yes. So there have been a lot of rumors around like, will Apple figure out a way to get rid of it entirely, but we still need our front facing camera and our face ID sensors. So what's going to happen? So Apple still has a cutout there. We've been like trying to, with writing about this stuff. We never know what words to use. We're like, <laughs> it is not technically a notch anymore, but like, what do we call it? I guess like a cutout or like a punch hole. But Apple has now made like a software feature that covers up that area. And depending on what you're doing, it'll um, like trigger actions and change shape and do different things. Mm -hmm. And it looks really, really cool. And so you only get that if you have a pro iPhone. Not only does it look cool, it looks very functional. It looks yeah. like a way to feel like you have an edge to edge display while still, of course, you need to have that camera. Uh, and so I think it was a really creative solution that Apple did that takes advantage of the space in a way that I think will be really functional and cool. 
And yeah. that was that was one of my bigger reasons for wanting the 14 Pro. And that's another one reading other people's actual hands-on reviews. They're like, it's really fun. It actually is really awesome. So that's good to hear too. Yeah, exactly. Um, whereas the rest of the features that Apple's selling, like the camera and the always-on display, people are like, meh, you could wait on for those. Like, you don't need to upgrade for that. Yeah. So that's interesting. So now that we've sort of defined all the differences, are you ready for my hot take of the day? Yes. I don't see, I can't think of a single reason somebody should buy the iPhone 14. Full stop. Like, I think I'm with you, actually. Even if you're buying a phone right now and you don't want to spend a lot of money, the iPhone 13 is basically the same phone. I'm sitting here and I'm staring at all these specs. The main reason why I tend to recommend people buy the newest phone, even if it's an incremental update, is the same thing I keep saying, the processor. But it has the same processor. Yeah. It has the same camera. The SOS features are nice, but not really. Like For most people, you're not going to buy, spend an extra $100 on it. Yeah. Feels like it's a phone for nobody. <laughs> iPhone 14. The, the phone. phone for nobody. That's so funny. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I hear what you're saying. I do think like going through the lineup and thinking like, what is this phone for thinking about? Like what type of person is this phone right yeah. for? Like, I'm sure there are some people that the iPhone 14 makes sense for. Um, one is price. The iPhone lineup this year is the same as last year. So it starts at $799 for the iPhone 14. You jump $100 up for the, um, for the iPhone 14 Plus. What I was going to say is that I think the iPhone 14 Plus is pretty compelling. And yes. that's something that um, I'm surprised to be saying in a way because I don't like the bigger display size for myself. <laughs> like I, I debated this year. I'm like, should I go with the Max? Because I talked to you and you like love it so much. I do love it. But then I did just try putting a Pro Max in my pocket and I was like, I just can't do it. Yeah. It's too, too big. Um, so, but the thing with the 14 Plus that I think is compelling is that the battery life is really good in a base model iPhone. And I think that a lot of my friends that don't have pro model iPhones, the biggest struggle is the battery life. Mm -hmm. And so I think that was one reason why the mini was just not a great phone is that it had a significantly lower battery life when already the base metal model is not that good. Um, so the fact that you get the OLED display, that you get a great battery life, that you have a triple camera lens, like it's a pretty great phone. Yeah, so let me just wrap up my my case for oh. <laughs> iOS 14 is the phone for nobody because the the point that I, I didn't say yet is that the iPhone 13 is still being sold, so you can buy the iPhone 13 for 6.99 or you can buy the iPhone 14 for 7.99, and I do not know why you spend an extra hundred dollars. I yeah. look at this and I cannot figure it out. So that's my point. 6.99 is a pretty reasonable price. It's being sold now. It's same camera, more Wait, or less. 6.99 for the 13. Oh, seven ninety nine oh, oh. for the fourteen, right. and so what I'm saying is I don't know why you spend seven ninety nine. Yeah, and actually I was wrong. The fourteen plus has a dual camera. I misspoke. Oh, that okay. also changes things a little bit. And also I think again there's the dual camera versus the three cameras, but there's also the quality of the camera, which is now a major upgrade for the pro line because it has that forty eight megapixel camera. Yeah, so it's gonna be a lot nicer of a camera. And you get the dynamic display and the trade in. I, I'm actually like talking myself into being like if if people. You should talk to your carrier and find out what your trade-in deal is because even if cost is a big factor for you, you might be able to upgrade and get a pro one for like $300. Someday I would love to do a deep dive on this and I just have not found the time yet, but figuring out the depreciation rates of the phones because yeah. I actually would be, I, I, 
I think there's a chance that you don't actually spend more on the pro line because it's worth more when you sell it too. So it's like if you spend an extra hundred dollars up front, but you get an extra hundred dollars at trade in at the end, you're not actually spending any more money. Yeah. I don't know if that's true. I would like for you I to would, do a deep dive I... on this too and tell me. Someday I'll take a vacation and do <laughs> <Yeah>. this. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, okay. I think we've systematically ruled out if you have an iPhone 13, if you have an iPhone 13 Pro. Don't do it. Don't upgrade. Um, and I think that also we've determined that, um, so let's talk about the, the phone size. Cause that's another major factor. Yeah. So there's major trade-offs at hand here. I and Don and I are on the opposite sides of it. Yep. I have the max. I last year I, I took the leap, uh, and I have never looked back. I love it. <laughs> so here's what I love about it. First and foremost, what you're saying, battery life. And to me, it's not just that my phone lasts longer. It's that it lasts longer enough that I don't need to charge it every night. I cannot worry about it, especially now with rapid charging. If I can carve out half an hour where I can put my phone on a rapid charger every two days, yeah. I'm generally okay. I have to say having a pro phone, it's like, it's like an abundance mindset thing. It's like, you don't, you don't need to worry about the battery. You don't need to be, especially if you get like a higher storage option too, you can just like download any app you want, as much data as you are want on your yes, phone. Yes, I know. <laughs> well, again, it's like, it's easy for us to sit here and tell y'all to spend money. So I get that. <laughs> um, but the, the trade-off with a bigger screen is of course what you're saying. There's two main things. Number one, it's the fact that it's bigger means it's bulkier. It's harder to fit in your pocket. Yeah, portability harder, is Harder less. to fit in your bag. But also, the major drawback for me that is very real is it's hard to use with one hand. I basically can't text with one hand. So if I have groceries in one hand and somebody's texting me something important, I have to like wait or put down whatever I'm yeah. holding. And that is actually kind of annoying. Yeah. My, phone, my thumb just doesn't quite reach far enough. Uh, and so... Just a bit of a clunker. Yeah, it's a trade-off. I <laughs> yeah. don't think it's for everybody. I also, the other reason with the bigger display, I mean, this is really obvious. It's not just battery life. It's really nice when you're using the phone to have that large display. Yeah. The thing that pushed me over the edge is I have started to do a little bit of light work on my phone. I'll send emails every once in a while. I'll check Google Analytics. I'll do little things like that. And the nicer, the bigger display allows me to do that. So if you are somebody who uses this display a lot, let's say you don't have an iPad and you want to watch movies every once in a while, or you want to do a little bit of work, then I think it's really worth it. Um, but it's it's a trade-off. Yeah. <laughs> Just processing what you're saying. I feel like the larger display I hear from a lot of people, like once they experience the Pro Max, they like they they don't want a smaller display after that because it's really like nice to it for media viewing. Um to me, like not being able to carry it around that easily though, on the one hand of texting is a deal breaker. I am, yeah, and I get that. And for a lot of people, that is true. I am struggling to agree with you that the iPhone 14 Plus is compelling. Really? Just, just because of the the same th argument I was making for the 14, it doesn't have a nicer processor. That nicer processor means your phone's going to last a lot longer. It's a little bit more future-proofed. Yeah. You're spending extra money on a bigger screen, but you're not getting the nicer camera. You're not getting the nicer processor. It's a weird middle ground, in my opinion. What I will say, too, is that the speed of the way your phone works, like that's one of those things that's probably the most influential over your experience. Like when your phone's lagging, it makes it not 
fun to use your phone. And so I do think like having the newest processors, I've always been surprised by how great that is. Yeah. Like, cause you, it's not usually what's selling you no, when it, in terms of an Apple announcement, it's not like a sizzle feature. Exactly. But it also, the other point I'm making is it means you don't need to upgrade your phone as soon because yeah. over time the operating systems take up more and more processing power. And that's usually the thing that holds you back in the end. So you spend an extra hundred dollars now, or uh, depending on which phone, uh, and then makes it a little more future proof. But again, I, we always do this, and I'm sorry, but we always end up being like the most expensive phones, the best. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I could see for like a high school student or something like that, maybe their first iPhone that you get a base model one, and they're going to be super excited about that. But I think for most of our listeners, like you should get the pro one. And also, if photography is really important to you. And it doesn't mean you have to be a professional photographer. It's just that you want to have like really great pictures of your family and fun things in your life. It's nice to have the better camera. Yeah. And I think everybody's going to enjoy the dynamic island. I don't think it's a necessity in the same way processing power and cameras are, but I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah. No one upgrade to the pro line though for the purple because I, it's funny in the reviews I've been reading, it's being called like granny purple. It is. I, okay. It's kind of like a dusty purple. I don't like it, but I know you got it. I did get it. I'm I, really curious. It, I feel like at the office, we need to see in person, though. So yeah. someone the, had to do the it. The funny thing is I'm not even arguing with you. I, I don't actually like the purple that much either. Yeah. It was more just like it's fun with a new phone, to, especially when it looks exactly like the old phone, to have something that makes it feel like you got a new device. Yeah, it's like a little bit of that prestige walking around being like, yeah, I have the new iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> and just for my own like joy of looking at my phone, I'm like, this is new. Yeah. I, I That's why I did it. I was like, you know what? It's a new color. I always have a yeah. case on, so I didn't really care. Um, the other thing I did this year. <laughs> so here's my last kind of the last variable we haven't discussed yet. Uh-huh. For the longest time, Don and I always said, do not get the base storage model because your phones take up too much storage and then you're constantly having to manage it. Yeah. Last year, I got the base storage model because they upped what the base was to 128 gigabytes and I thought that should be good enough. I decided it's not good enough. Me too. Really? Yeah. Okay. You went the, for 256? Yeah, I splur. I mean, I really splurged here. But um, because it, I, I found myself having to manage it over the Me course too. of the year, and it's just not worth it. I hate it. So you it, can do it. It's You can totally get by with 128. Totally get by. But it just wasn't worth it for me. I have the base model 13 right now at uh, 128 gigabytes and the battery life and the storage, like talking about the abundance mindset thing, I've been experiencing <laughs> the opposite of that where I keep on having to clear out podcasts every week and like manage my photos more carefully and also make sure to plug my phone in every night, which honestly, when I had the 12 pro, I like my battery would last two days. Really? Like, I hardly ever had to think about it at all. Yeah. Um, and when I updated to iOS 16, I did notice with the 13 that it hurt my battery life oh, a bit. Oh, interesting, because I didn't notice it because it's just like, it gets me a day and a half or a day in 1.45. Like, I just yeah. don't notice, you know? And those are the things that I think are the, you're going to notice more on a daily basis. So I was like, I want the 256. I want to just be free to subscribe to as many podcasts as I want and not have to manage it constantly. Yeah, it's the podcast, those stupid podcast apps do not give you enough management tools i know yeah um and also just i like trying out new apps especially at this job like we want to try out a lot of apps and then tell you what's the best um but i don't want to have to manage that or worry about it 
Um, so I'm really excited about the 256 option. So let's, okay, I think everybody can guess what we got now, but let's reveal what we actually, the decisions made. Drum roll. <laughs> okay, you first. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think everybody knows. You got the I dusty got, purple. I got the dusty purple iPhone 14 Pro Max. So I will report back on just how granny the purple is. <laughs> <laughs> also, I feel like we should rename it because like granny should Grannies be Grannies can drag be stylish. Let's not drag down. It if it's an ugly color, it let's not, let's not yell at grannies. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I love my grandma. Okay. <laughs> um, you heard it here first. So, drum roll, my iPhone purchase this year is the iPhone 14 Pro in silver at 256 gigabytes. Okay. And so, just to, I mean, I think you basically did, but tell us your justification for why this phone. Yes. So the 256, because I want to be free to have whatever I want on my iPhone, not have to manage it. Uh, the 14 Pro, I really want to try the 48 megapixel camera for myself mm -hmm. and see how that does. I really like the options for being able to zoom in um, without losing resolution, at least to a certain extent, which on the 13, I don't have because it's a, having um, the pro lines is where you get the optical zoom. Yeah. And so that's a really nice feature. Um, the dynamic island is my biggest selling point just because having like a new way that your iPhone works is exciting. Yeah. And it's something there is like a little bit of fun of having something that a lot of the people who have iPhones don't have too, like, like I, the dusty purple, even <laughs> like there's something fun about having something new. And I, I think, I think it's worth touching on that because we tend to give very practical advice, but there's just a joy in being an early adopter and getting the coolest, latest device. You all who are listening to this, um, you know, you guys are clearly Apple enthusiasts and it's yeah, fun. And it's really that's fun. not, I don't, I'm not saying like, cause clearly a lot of our audience has old phones and I understand it because you don't need to upgrade every year, but I think it's just worth touching on. This is fun and it's fun to get the coolest, newest thing. It totally <laughs> is. Um, I'm actually, I think I'll use action mode, which I could have on any of the new iPhones, um, more than I use cinematic mode. Last year I thought that cinematic mode sounded really cool, you know, the video that blurs the background and I haven't used it once because it's seems like it takes some skill to do and I don't take that many videos. But action mode, like I do take um videos uh like out on walks with dogs and like fun yeah. things like that. And like the fact that it will just stabilize it and make it look better. I actually think I will use and enjoy. I think you're right. I think I'll end up using more than cinematic mode. But we'll yeah. see. The always on display I um I'm curious about it. So in that way, it's nice to have the pro model, but I don't think it's a big selling factor for me. What yeah. about you? Um, I think you basically summed it up. I think the the dynamic island is seems really cool to me. And that was the main selling point. And the nicer camera uh, were the two biggest reasons. And then also the point I've been making that the if if I, I if I were to upgrade the better chip was the selling point. Like there was no way I was going to get an iPhone 14 or 14 plus because of the chip. Um, so that was the main reason. And like we said, it's not, I, I mean, I don't want to underemphasize the price, but it's not that expensive to update because I got $720 back from my device. Um, so that was my thinking. And again, I kind of just went for like the fun phone because I got the, four, I got the, like the, the, and I got the purple, which I might live to regret. We'll see. <laughs> I um, This episode, we're focusing on the iPhone, but I do just have to ask, are you also planning on getting the Apple Watch Ultra? No. Um, I think it's a great device for a lot of people. I love my Apple Watch that I have, and I'm sticking with it. One, oh, I didn't get to this uh, listener feedback earlier because I wanted to get into the main theme, but I did want to just share this with you all before we sign off for the day. Um, 
that the Apple Watch Ultra doesn't need just to be for really rugged, sporty people. Like yeah. I immediately didn't really identify with the presentation of it because I'm like, I'm not hiking Mount Everest. Yeah. I'm not they almost overemphasized like, that. But we had someone write in, Trish wrote in, I'm not a rugged, sporty type person, but I do intend to buy the Apple Watch Ultra. I think one great selling point that has been missed by Apple as well as the recent literature on the new watch is that it's larger size, bigger, more corrugated wheel and flat face is great for folks with visual impairments and or fine motor issues. I have an Apple Watch 3 and although I love it, I can't tell you the number of times I've had to retype my password because my fingers couldn't get to the tiny numbers on the screen. This new watch, however bulky, opens up some of the visual and fine motor options of an Apple Watch that so many who have previously been unable to access. And so thank you for writing that in, Trish. I think it's a really excellent point. Yeah, I um, totally agree. That there will be some ease of use there. And um, again, the fun of having the newest, coolest thing. <laughs> so also, we'd love to hear from you guys. I know we had our first question of the day, which was, which widgets do you have? But also let us know what phones you're deciding and why. Tell us, you know, the points we missed because we love getting a bunch of different perspectives and understanding everybody's decision-making process. Uh, and before we sign off, let's just recap some of our advice here. For yes. iPhone 14 probably is not the phone for you. We could not think of a single person who should get it. The uh, iPhone 14 Plus has a bit of a better battery than the iPhone 14, but it's also probably not the phone for you. <laughs> so really, probably you want to hold off till next year if you have a 13, unless you're really excited about the dynamic island or you're struggling with battery life. If you have 11 or older, maybe even a 12 or older, depending on your battery life, you may want to consider upgrading this year, even if you're excited about the 15. And Make sure to trade in. And trade in values. Make sure you're shopping around for trade in values and factoring that in your decision-making process. Yeah, That's a good summary. I think that's a great summary. Okay. All right. Thanks, everyone. Email podcast at iphonelife.com to uh, let us know what you think of this episode and which uh, device you're planning to buy. And insiders, stick around for our special section for you. Yes. Bye, everyone. 